0: Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome to Uplevel Together. I hope you are having the most beautiful day wherever it is that you are. I am so excited about today's episode. I have been meaning to interview Brendan for many months now and I've really been waiting because I wanted to have a chance to work with him first and gain more insights and I'm just really, 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 really excited about the conversation that I've had today and the value for you if you are in the business of growing your influence, whether it's for your own business or your own company or whether it is just to build a personal brand. Brendan Kane is the author of the book One Million Followers and he is a growth hacker for Fortune 500 corporations, brands, and celebrities. You may have heard that he advised Rihanna and Taylor Swift and worked on their social media uh, visibility and has also worked with Uh, Katie Couric, in helping her really uh, figure out her TV strategy and social media reach. He is so, uh, you know, uh, focused on helping brands find and engage new audiences and create very useful and relevant uh, content. So he came up with this idea of, okay, I can help uh, Taylor Swift reached millions, but she's a celebrity. How do I, Brendan Kane, you know, the no one knows, how do I build something like that? So he started on Facebook using all of the methodologies that he's been teaching everyone else, and he grew to uh, a following of 1 million people on Facebook in 30 days. That was absolutely incredible. So his book, One Million Followers, outlines the actual process that is so easy for all of us to use if we wanted to put in the work. So I had the privilege of working with Brendan in his um, VIP mastermind and learning firsthand from him. And I have seen an exponential growth in my uh, uh, social media presence and also how I was showing up. That it's like, it's it's not just about, you know, looking at me, me, me and hacking the algorithm. It's about providing valuable content and creating an engagement and communication with your audience. We talk from, uh, you know, about everything, about his book and about the actual tips and strategies, he goes into actual detail that if you just listen to this interview and you implement the things that that Brendan talks about in today's episode, you will see incredible success for yourself as well. Without further ado, here is Brendan Kane. Hey, Brendan, welcome to a Plevel Together. I'm so happy to have you. Thanks for having me. I
1: really appreciate it.
0: What a pleasure. You know that uh, I know that you are very serious and, and stoic. When I start, you know, getting out and getting really crazy and screaming how excited I am, I love the face expression that you have every single time. I just love it. Truly an honor. So many people ask me, uh, you know, what is he like? What is Brendan like? Tell me everything. And I tell them, well, I think you should be part of his world. And we're going to tell them how uh, at the end of this, this podcast, for sure, which I'm so, so, so excited about. So for those of you, few people that do not know who you are, um, they will have listened to the interview uh, or the intro. You wrote uh, 1 million followers in 30 days this really incredible book that went viral and completely changed the way i look at social media why did you decide to write it and take us a little bit through a journey of how it came to be
1: so my background is i've been in technology digital and social media for about 15 years so started very early on in in, in the growth trajectory of those platforms and my background is a bit different in the fact that I have touched every aspect of it over the years because I'm of the mindset that I want to be constantly learning and testing and trying new things. I'm very much an experiential learner. I can't really read about something in a book or, or just theorize about things. It doesn't really resonate with me. It's by doing where I really make the most progress. So I started off in the entertainment industry, managing digital divisions for two movie studios overseeing theatrical releases of films ranging from 15 to $100 million budgets and figuring out the most effective ways to reach scale and audiences in the shortest period of time to promote those films. And that also extended to working with directors and actors and producers and how to further syndicate their brand online. And then from there, I just knew that I wanted to explore the world of being an entrepreneur. So I left working within the confines of the corporate studio system and started building technology platforms and licensing them back to big media companies. So I built platforms for uh, Viacom, Yahoo, Vice, Paramount, MTV. And it was really the MTV partnerships that opened up the doors to work with very large celebrities and musicians and athletes. So that's where the introduction to Taylor Swift came. And I built technology platforms for her and her team for about two and a half years. And then from there, after building those technology platforms, I started to dive into the paid advertising space on social platforms so i helped build one of the largest uh, optimization firms in the world where we were optimizing social media spend on advertising platforms like youtube facebook instagram uh, for fortune 100 and 500 companies and that was really an eye-opening experience because we were dealing with huge budgets on both the the advertising side and also the budget they were spending on the content to produce to advertise and I just saw an inefficiency of how they were approaching it. They would come to us with a piece of content they would that they had invested hundreds of thousands in some cases millions of dollars on. And then all of a sudden they wanted to take that piece of content and put millions of dollars to promote it on social platforms. And when you would ask them, well, how do you know that that piece of content would resonate with this audience to the tune of risking all this money? Nine times out of 10, they wouldn't have the analytics or data to support that decision. And I just thought that there's got to be a better way to go about this because, sure, if you're a huge corporation, you can take some of these risks and fail and not be uh, tremendously hurt by it, but it's not a long-term strategy. You can't just do it over and over again. And then also for the people that don't have huge budgets, they can't do that. They can't risk uh, a lot of money without generating the results that they're looking for. So that's when I left working in that and I started building a set of... Uh, testing methodologies on top of Facebook and Instagram to really test content at scale and really understand what content themes formats and stories resonate with audiences to perform a specific action and was seeing success and working with the brands and corporations around just content engagement and awareness and views and clicks and things of that nature but it seeded this idea in my head is okay could this be used for generating followers and and not just generating followers, but generating followers at scale, because coming from an entertainment background, my brain was automatically trained to think big because you can't go into a meeting talking about 10,000 or hundred thousand people. You get fired for that because you have to reach a tremendous amount of scale to be successful. Uh, so I, I started to apply those principles and those methodologies, those testing methodologies to generating followers for professional athletes, celebrities, uh, musicians, And I was seeing a lot of success, but then it came back to another idea that was sparked just by conversations that I was having is like, okay, it's great that you can have success for an MTV or a Taylor Swift or people at the highest levels, but what about people starting from scratch, starting from zero? Can you help those people as well? And again, going back to the experiential learning side of me, I I knew that there was only one way to figure that out, and that was to run an experiment. And that's where I proceeded to do the case study of generating a million followers in 100 countries in 30 days uh, and where the foundation of the book came from and really the inspiration for me is I love thought leadership and sharing information, teaching people and inspiring people. And I felt that the book could just be a great way to just share all the information that I learned over the past 15 years of working with big celebrities and corporations and how I essentially took those learnings to help people that are just starting from scratch, or even just people that are looking to get to that next level.
0: It, it's so brilliant because I had, and you probably don't remember, but I met you at, at the Fast Foundations with Chris Harder. And I told him like, Brendan, you changed my life. And you just smiled like, who is this crazy girl? What is she talking about? But for me, it was the biggest breakthrough in that mastermind because I didn't understand Instagram at all. So the you know one million followers in 30 days is a really wonderful idea for so many of us but it's really about the psychology of creating useful content you taught me that i i was in your mastermind and you really drill down the fact that you have to offer value to your people not it doesn't matter if you just have the following so how do you know if you are delivering value to your audience? Take us to the hypothesis, hypothesis test and then rinse and repeat process.
1: Well, the first place to start at just a very high level and understanding if you're providing value to your audience, through your content, is it working? Is it generating the intended response that you're looking for? Is it generating shares? Is it generating link clicks? Is it generating leads? Is it generating sales? Whatever your key KPI is, it's either working or it's not working. And for a lot of people, it's not working. And because it's hard, like the fact of the matter is, is there's 60 billion messages sent on digital platforms each day. Like you have to find an effective way to overcome the noise and overcome the clutter uh, to be successful in this medium. So it's not easy. Like sure. When social platforms first started, it was easy because there wasn't a lot of competition. Like you're seeing that with LinkedIn right now is it's still in, in its infancy stage of video content and pushing content out there and it's a lot easier than it's gonna be in two or three years from now. So the process that I really take people through is, uh, as you mentioned, it's a three-step adaptive process where uh, it's hypothesis, test, and pivot. So the first step is hypothesis, like what is the content theme, format, or story that you think is going to resonate with your audience uh, to generate the intended response that you're looking for? And where I, I tell people to start with that is, Asking, they will ask me, well, do I create a video? Do I create a photo? What does that video say? What does it look like? So I start with a competitive analysis is like, make a list of anywhere between five to 15 accounts on the specific platform that you're trying to grow that are currently reaching your audience and doing an effective job of it. And I say, exclude the outliers. Like don't go after like a Taylor Swift or, or Rihanna or somebody like that, because they're just in a different uh, stratosphere with how they garner their audience focus on people that have between like 200,000 to 3 million followers that have really gained their audience by not being on television or film or being a professional athlete. But somebody, you know, has really gained it by understanding social media, understanding social content, social audience engagement, and do an analysis of what are they doing? Like what, what type of content formats are they using? What type of content themes, stories? And, uh, also look at not just what they're doing well but look at the things that are not working for them because i find that oftentimes you can learn far more from what's not working than what's working and if you do that over the course of like five to 15 accounts like you'll start seeing trends and again what i'm looking for is is less about what they're saying but how they're saying it and i never say you know copy people what what, copy what people are saying but copy their structures their formats uh, so to give you an example of that is like Instagram and, and Facebook, what you'll often see is they'll do like a burned in meme card or a headline at the the top of the video or captions at the bottom, because that's a format that works. So like somebody created that I don't know how long ago, probably a while ago, probably six or seven years ago, maybe longer, because what they realize is with Facebook and Instagram, like 70% of that video is initially watched the sound off. So that's where they put a meme card or captions on there so that you can really see what's happening. Uh, before they actually turn on the audio. Now with that said, that format has become oversaturated and everybody uses it, so now you have to take it to that next level and just make sure you're being effective in terms of bringing people in. But that's a format that we would look to or a format that you can look for and how they're doing that format and how you can apply it to your content. So that's the hypothesis phase is what is that format? What does that structure look like? What is that theme or story based on the competitive analysis that you've done? then the second step is the testing phase where you create a low cost proof of concept that represents the hypothesis that you set forth and when i mean low cost i mean low cost i don't want you spending a ton of time or a ton of money into a specific direction until it's proven for you once it's proven and it's been proven multiple times then you can invest invest further in that direction and scale it and then the third step is is measuring the results from the test Did it generate the response that you were looking for, or did it fail to do so? If it failed to do so, you repeat that process over again. You set a new hypothesis, you test, and you pivot. You keep doing that over and over again until you find the thing that's working for you. And it may sound simple to break it down into three simple steps, but it is that simple. It's just you have to do it over and over again, and you have to be relentless about it. That's the hard part of it. Is just you don't give up. You constantly test, you constantly learn, you constantly iterate. And you'll find even like the most successful people in social media, they're constantly doing this. If they've reached critical mass, reached critical scale, they're constantly iterating and testing to see where it's going to go next. The people that don't do that, yes, you may get a spike, you may build an initial brand or initial virality, but it's not going to be sustainable unless you have that foundation built in of, of setting hypothesis tests and pivoting. And that's why I focus heavily on that and all the stuff that we do is that's where real success comes from.
0: I love that. And, you know, a lot of people just scoff at the fact, oh, that works for him because he knows, but you've really outlined the process that works for everyone. And I think if you were to stop being cynical and actually do it, just like with anything, if we follow through, and if there's one thing that I've learned from you is action, take action, just implement, and you will see the results. It really works. I will say this, I've heard you say about the concept of you know testing and look at someone what works but it really wasn't until I was in your group and when you showed me some of the things that I managed to hit the explore page for the first time in my life based on, on a suggestion from you so that was a living proof and I'm not I don't even have that big of a, a following but that was really incredible so I had to stop for a little bit but you your your process works every single time with everyone that tries it. I can't stress that enough.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, the process, like the process works if you keep using it. Uh, so, like where, where my mind goes is like, I'll just give you an example. Like we we're having, so I built a creative team. We're having a lot of success with video and creating vir- viral, uh, virality and manufacturing it. But like yesterday, we tested a new format. And the format bombed. It just, it didn't work, but we tested it. Like we would never have known that if we didn't do it. Now the the videos before that, we have a clear format that works and uh, it's doing well. Like on Instagram, it's doing between like 250 to like 500,000 views Instagram. It's like I mean, that's on Instagram, on Facebook, it's doing anywhere from like 500,000 to like 2.5 million views. So we have a, a solid format that's working, but we want to go to that next level. Like I want to get into the tens of millions of views. And in order to do that, we have to break the model uh, or the format and test new formats. And we spent time testing a new format released yesterday and it didn't work. So now we're learning something from it. and we're gonna to go to the next phase and doing it over again. So even me, I generated a million followers in 30 days and I generated a million followers on Instagram and like we have success, like we have success because we really adopt this methodology and this mindset and, and constantly doing it. So like even the advice that I give to you uh, or the people in my groups, like we've tested it. We probably failed on 10 other ideas before we found found what work, works. And I think that that's, uh, a shortcoming for a lot of people when they look at success, they just think, Oh, that success immediately happened or, or the first thing that they do, they just tried. Uh, but that's not the case.
0: It's not, and you're brilliant. And I would much rather go and, you know, learn from you directly versus, you know, learn on my own for, for five or 10 years, because it does take a long time. I, I feel like I know Instagram well but I've learned more from you in a few months than I have in like years. There is a power of learning from the best. So you're brilliant. You're brilliant, Brendan. Just own it. Take it. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I'm noticing you and the really push you just mentioned a little bit about creating original content that is extremely useful. So not just necessarily um, you know, repurposing. You're really spending a lot of time and money creating your own original content. Are there three things that work in original content that you are discovering for everyone else?
1: Well, one of the things, specifically, a big focus for us is video, uh, because video is it's the most difficult to pull off, but once you do pull it off, it has the, the greatest potential for growth and reach and virality. And what we've seen, especially with Facebook and Instagram, but similar uh, principles can apply uh, to you, to YouTube. It definitely applies to to LinkedIn is the fact that you have less than three seconds to capture their attention. Mm -hmm. And there's a few reasons for that. First off, people are constantly swiping up in the feed and your content doesn't capture their attention. The first three seconds, they just keep swiping. It's probably even less than three seconds. And it's so important to effectively communicate the expectation of what's going to happen in that video in that first three seconds to grab people's attention Uh, and like for example like meme cards uh the burned in headline at the top we use that a lot to set that expectation of what's going to happen in the first three seconds and one of the areas that we've seen is people misunderstand the use of that. They think just because they use that meme card that it automatically works. But as I mentioned before, there's just an oversaturation with the people using that format. So there's a numbness to it. So for example, like if you if you say on the meme card, think positive, I've seen that multiple times. Like I've seen that hundreds or thousands of times of people thinking about it. So it's not going to get me to click to watch more of the video. I'm just going to keep swiping because okay, I know this video's Talking about thinking positively, uh, I know what that means, so I don't need to watch that video. Versus, and I'm not saying that this is the right headline, just to give you an example. But how thinking positively can get you into trouble. Mm. So it's flipping it on its head, and it's be like, well, I've never heard heard that before. Like we had one video that was, uh, I think the the meme card was sweat the small stuff. I love that people, one. People always talk about don't sweat the small stuff, but we flipped it on its head to capture people's attention so that they'll dive into the information and you can give them the education, the value that you're looking to do. So setting that expectation up in the first three seconds clearly and not overwhelming them is a big thing. Also, because we noticed that in the beginning, what we would do is we would have a headline, we would have captions, and then we would have me talking. So that's three different things that people have to track in those first three seconds and it's just overwhelming and once you get overwhelmed, you just swipe. Versus what we do now is for the first three seconds, we have that meme card and maybe we have a video, it's not somebody talking, like we did a video of uh, talking about Muhammad Ali's mindset and it was a, a meme card at top, Muhammad Ali working out in, in, in the video but we didn't have the captions start until like a, half, like a second and a half or three seconds in to make sure that we're easing people into that because we know from a communication design, we want the meme card to be first, then the video to be second and then we don't start the captions until we know we've grabbed their attention. So that's really an important thing when we're looking at video content and, and communication design and that it really is communication design, like you're, you're figuring out how to design your communication in a way that not just captures people's attention but holds people's attention. Some people think that just by simply posting a video and talking on camera people are going to pay attention. It's not the case. The other area that's important with the three seconds is understand how that plays into the algorithms. And there's a lot of talk around algorithms. There's a lot of frustration and anger around algorithms because people are all about, uh, well, why is my content being seen? Why isn't it getting pushed? Why isn't it getting an engagement? And at the end of the day, it's coming because you're not designing it for the algorithms. So I think first and foremost, understanding the purpose of, of those algorithms because people automatically assume that the more followers you get, it automatically equates to larger engagement, but that's not the case. Uh, And it's because the algorithms are designed to make sure that when you open up the app for each of us individually, that the highest quality content is being served to you because their business is based upon keeping you within their ecosystem for the longest period of time. So if you open up that app and there's not engaging content in that feed, when you open it, you're going to be like, oh, this is not interesting. And then you're going to close the app. And if that keeps happening over and over again, you're going to use the app less and less and less until you eventually don't use it anymore. So with the amount of volume of content that's being pushed out, again, there's 60 billion messages sent on digital platforms each day between phones, emails, social platforms, uh, all of that. These algorithms are designed to, to capture and keep your attention. So it's seeking out the best content that it can serve personally to you. So what happens is, uh, the analogy that I use is like, let's say you have 100,000 followers and you push out a piece of content. What it'll do is the algorithms will seed it to 500 of those followers. And it'll measure measure certain metrics. Like for videos, for example, it'll measure the, in, the amount of three second views that are registered to the reach or they'll measure engagement ratios. Nobody knows exactly how those ratios work and exactly what it looks like. But that's what we speculate based upon kind of our research and the success so it pushes out to 500 people and it measures certain ratios if if the level of engagement or the three second views to to impressions are uh are in line with what they're looking for it'll give you reach of another thousand and if it holds up a reach of another five thousand it'll just keep giving you more and more reach if it holds up and it'll and it can extend well beyond the number of followers that you have however if it pushes out to those 500 people and the the ratios are not good, it stops. It doesn't give you any more reach because it's like this content's not resonating so we don't want to push it to more people because it's not going to engage them and it's going to dilute their experience. And if you keep doing that over and over again, then what happens is the, the algorithms start to get trained to, okay, this count is not putting out Really high quality content so it's going to limit the reach with each post that you put out now that can be fixed it, it, it does take time to fix it but that's where uh, the frustration and the anger comes around algorithms and not understanding it saying oh the algorithms are unfair it's not oh I got all these followers now I can't reach them it's unfair that, that they have to they have to save their core business and make sure that that the right content is getting to the right people. Now on the flip side is if you get good at creating content, like it's gonna filter that content at the top and that's where the scale comes from, that's where the success comes from. So instead of looking at it from the perspective of this is unfair, this isn't working, look at, okay, if this is how the system works, then how can I make sure that I'm not just designing content for my audience, but I'm designing content for how the algorithms see my content so that I can get more reach and to engage more people. And I think that that's a misconception that people don't really understand and they don't really focus on in terms of content. And at the end of the day, content is everything in this. Like sure, you can hack and generate a lot of followers, but those followers are gonna be meaningless if you can't reach them, if you can't engage them. And generating followers at scale comes down to content as well. So it, that's where a lot of our focus and emphasis is, is today.
0: Bottom line, create engaging content. And, you know, before I met you, I would just put more money behind boost, boost uh, posts and, you know, to show it to more people, which really you're just wasting money when uh, I think you need to go back to the core and see what works and what doesn't, why it doesn't work, and then continue to create quality content that's going to, um, that's going to uh, uh, garner interest and, and work yeah. with the algorithm.
1: Putting advertising dollars behind content that's not that is not engaging hurts you on two levels. A, you're spending money that's not driving the results, but also you're teaching the algorithms that you perform you're putting out poorly performing content. So you're you're basically paying to show the algorithms that your content's not good. Wow. Versus like versus if you do have good content, because some people say paid hurts organic. We've seen that paid hurts organic if you're putting poorly produced content through the system. If you're putting highly performing content through the system, then you are teaching the algorithms that, hey, your content's good. And we will do that for certain accounts that that have basically been labeled as accounts that don't have high quality content. That is something that we will do in the beginning is we'll start producing really good content and we will use advertising platforms to, to get that initial reach, to retrain the algorithms to that, that we're now putting out good content.
0: This is brilliant. And this is why my friends, you just got millions of dollars worth of knowledge in like less than four minutes. That was incredible. Basically talking about the content, what kind you, you outlined everything. I'm going to have to go later on and really write this up, but you outlined the entire process that people pay thousands of dollars for and more this is incredible so just i can't stress that enough you um a few days ago i woke up and my instagram was completely gone brendan gone User are not found so people are calling me they're like what's going on so for half a day there was a glitch in the system somehow and i just did not exist on instagram and first i freaked out because i feel like i worked so hard And then I'm like, okay, I would just start anew. I have this, you know, I know Brendan and Brendan says, no worries, you can do it all over again in a heartbeat. Um, But he really brought up this, this question of me being at the mercy of being on these platforms and depending on them. If right now you couldn't post on any of the social platforms, you were just not allowed to, what would you do to grow your visibility and your business?
1: It's a great question. I mean, I have, I am diversifying my communication line with, with people. I mean, obviously a book, like I I wrote a book and published a book I've, you know, spent the past year understanding the publishing industry, how to effectively market books, how to leverage the power of books. That's one thing. Speaking on stages is, is, is another getting into press, you know, getting into podcasts, television, print is another, uh, text messaging is another good one. Get creating text messaging lists. So there's so many different different avenues that you can expand your communication line through. And that was, I had and I had interviewed him for for the book. This guy Chris Chris Williams. He's he's really brilliant. He was the chief audience officer of a company called Maker Studios. That was one of the the largest multi channel networks that was acquired by Disney uh, for significant sum. And he just created a, another very successful business around children's content. And what he said that really resonated with me and I think is very true is just because you have a large audience on one social network does not make you a brand. What you need to do is diversify across other platforms to really round that out. So if you're really good on social, then get into television, get into print, get into podcasts, get into books, uh, because that just diversifies your communication line with that. Now, obviously, you don't want to spread yourself too thin. Like people ask me, like, how many should I be posting content on every social platform? I'm a firm believer in becoming an expert in one and diversifying out. But I think it, it, I would just group them into buckets. Like all social platforms is social. So then, you, and then you have publications like books, and then you have press, like in the podcast or or television. Then you have speaking. So I would look about uh, diversifying it in certain certain ways like that. To foster uh, a stronger brand recognition and to reach audiences in, in different
0: ways. So let's take it a step back because you're Brenton Kane, and you are God in the world of social media and digital marketing. But what if I don't have a book and no one wants to interview me or have me on TV?
1: You start. I mean, I just I just decided I was going to do a book, and I started that journey two years ago. Like I. Again, like I started out where everybody else started. Like I, I spent years building platforms for celebrities and major corporations. I didn't have a brand. I just decided I wanted to make a brand and I'm still in the process of it. Like I'm not at the level that I want to be. I'm still in that growth trajectory, but where I recommend, like you said, how do I get on a podcast? How do I get television? How do I get a speaking gig? I focus on this concept of what's called a hook point, and it's actually the second book that I'm working on right now. They'll be coming out in the fall. And really what I've seen is that you need to position yourself in a way that makes you unique, that makes you stand out, that makes you overcome all of the noise and the clutter. So for example, for me, I didn't go into the market and say, hey, I have some great social media strategies uh, that you can help you grow. because there's tens of thousands, maybe more people that are doing that. Because anybody can open up a social account, everybody calls themselves a social media expert. There's so much clutter, there's so much noise out there. So for me, the reason I did a million followers in 30 days was not just like I knew I could do it beforehand. It wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of why. And the why was I knew it was a strong hook point. And I knew it was a strong hook point that could allow me to close a literary agent, that could get me a publishing deal. And speak around the world. So I took this concept of a million followers in thirty days as a hook to draw people in. So the one of the exercises that I give people and work with them on is, let's say the editor of a magazine is calling you, and of a, a magazine in your specific niche, and they're telling you that you they get, they're giving you the front cover of that magazine, and they're asking you, okay, we need a headline to represent you in that magazine. And that that headline can be less than one sentence. The fewer the words, the better. And when thinking about what that headline would be, imagine your core audience walking down a busy street, uh, passing a magazine stand. And as they're walking past that magazine stand, you're first off fighting all the noise and the chaos around them. But then there's 30 other magazines on that stand. What is that headline that's going to make somebody stop? Pick up that magazine, buy it and read it because it's that difficult. And when I ask people to do that exercise, I don't say come up with one, come up with five, 10, 15, whatever that is and if you have a strong hook point you can get anything you can get book deals you can get uh speaking gigs you can get on podcasts and like like i w- before this i was on the call doing am uh, doing strategy with this one guy that uh, a really smart guy in the middle east that has been very successful in in real estate but he wants to transition to another part of the business and I just spent an hour with him and I'm like, okay, this is, and he felt like, oh, I need to go build a, a million followers. I need to build a huge audience and build a huge brand so people will pay attention to me. And I was like, no, I know what your hook point is. I know what that value proposition is. This is what it is. And let's just go have some conversations with people and see what, how they respond. And sure enough, those converse, that hook point worked and those conversations worked and he didn't need to build a huge audience to do it. So Anybody starting from scratch, uh, whether they want to create a book, a record deal, whatever it may be, is what is your unique value proposition that is going to make you stand out above everybody else? And that's what's going to lead to success.
0: I I rarely meet someone who offers an inspiration, like you can start from nothing, but then gives you an exact steps and strategy to make it happen. This is why I love you so much. And just to, uh, for everyone uh, who doesn't know, there is a missing chapter from the book that actually outlines how to get on TV and how to get on podcasts. And we're going to talk to them about how to get that missing chapter here, which is really, you outline even that, which is pretty remarkable. So I, I've been lucky enough to be on on various TV channels um, uh, here in, in uh, Minnesota. And it's it, it, I felt like it was imp- impossibility, but there really is a strategy to it, and it, I will I will let them uh, figure that out on on their own. Speaking of you working with the biggest influencers and people in the world, people like katie Couric and uh, Rihanna and Taylor Swift. How I follow you intimately on, on Instagram, and I see you in nature, and I and I've been around you. You are so down to earth and humble. I would love to know from personal side, how do you manage to stay so centered and humble when you're literally surrounded with with these giants and you haven't access to them?
1: Well, I think first off, the reason that I'm able to close big clients like that is going back to the hook point and positioning yourself successfully. But I go into all those situations of how am I going to provide value to these people? And really understanding who they are as people, what are they telling me from a body language perspective, what they're, how they respond to certain questions, what their, their goals and aspirations are, what their obstacles are. And my mind is always just trying to solve a puzzle of like, where can I provide value to these people? And I think that is what allows me to be successful in closing and working with those clients. Because if you get in the mindset of, what am I trying to get out of this person or I'm in the room with this person and it's cool. I'm in this room and your focus goes there. They can sense that because they're around that all the time. And again, I've just been trained. My I've trained my, my brain from a very early age to just perceive situations in that way and perceive the world in that way. And I think that, that if you go in with that mindset, it's, uh, It really changes the dynamic of the conversation sure for certain people when you get in the room with them there is certain enamor that is built in maybe the first like minute or two but then you get past it really quick because you have a job to do you're in that room for a specific reason and it's interesting like i won't sometimes i won't take meetings or sometimes i won't go into situations until i can provide value like just to give you an example like somebody had uh, invited me to a VIP event for Tony Robbins. And I was like, like, yeah, I'm not really interested. Like, I don't have any value to offer to Tony at this point. And like, I know people that know him and like, I'll get to him at some point when there's something that I have to offer him. And maybe it never happens. Like sometimes it just may not, but I don't go into situations to meet people in that way uh, because it just doesn't, It's not the way my my mind works. And it's also interesting, Like I don't go to conferences or events unless I'm speaking either. like Because I don't really like that environment of interacting with people unless I'm providing value to them. And that's where I I spend the time speaking on the stage, so I'm offering up something of value and that bridges that connection. I don't believe in like networking events and things like that because I feel like it's set up to just be like, oh, you're trying to extract something from another person.
0: That's, that's really interesting. That's what Chris Harder calls like he's sick of leg hunting that's going around. And he's 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 a big believer of giving value. Him and I talk at length about that because I'm such a, I promote uh, uh, others and I always wonder, I feel like when I'm in the room, I want to be able to give, to be of value. Even with you, every time I see him, I'm like, Brendan, how can I help you? Because I really, 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 well, part of my identity is built on it too. It feels good, doesn't it?
1: For me, it just—it's the energy flows a lot smoother doing it, and that's why I'm building my brand. I'm building my brand not to make myself famous, but so that I can provide value to people at scale. Like that's where I enjoy doing that,
0: and that's where all good comes your way. But you really did not answer my question. How do you stay humble? Because you're so down to earth. You—I've met people who have done, who have had success like you, who are just not as cool as you are like what how do you ground well, listen, yourself I,
1: I mean there's i'm I'm a, I'm a human being so i'm not i'm not perfect there's flaws and i you know there's obviously oh, i'm not going to say obviously because people don't know me but there is a lot of self doubt you know in myself and i think that i i keep myself humble because sometimes i just don't believe in the stuff I, I don't believe i've achieved the level that i'm looking for and i'm constantly striving to reach that next level because of self-doubt that creeps in and am i really using the best strategies is there better ways to grow are there things like that so i think that that's just an inherent part of the way that i grew up and the, the experiences that i've had as a as a human being and i think that that keeps me humble because sometimes it's just like that that self-doubt like a lot of people experience creeps in and you just wonder you know uh, have I done the right things? Am I worth it? Have I achieved the level of success? Like, cause I had to, ha- I mean, I had a conversation with my agent yesterday and I had to take a step back because my agent had to kind of just say, listen, the amount of books you've sold is a tremendous success for a first time author and where you're at. And like, I'm going to keep pushing and pushing, but sometimes I don't take a step back or like I hit a million followers on Instagram like a month or two ago. And I didn't really take the time to recognize it and I still have troubles taking a step back and recognizing that level of accomplishment and uh, it's something I'm working on, but that's I think a part of what you're sensing
0: yeah, that's I, I I love it and I think it's so in in the world of so much shine I love love knowing people like you uh, I I'm so incredibly excited. I've told at the beginning of of this interview that I have gotten to know you more intimately in your mastermind group, which I highly, 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 highly recommend, and that I'm going back um, to be a part of. But you have another group that you just um, that you just released. Would you please first tell us about the missing chapter of the that was supposed to be in the book of the one million followers, and then this the rapid digital growth group that I'm so excited about that, I, that I'm going to actually enroll all of my, my Mastermind members in?
1: Yeah, so again, this plays into my desire just to help as many people as possible and provide as much value. And, and my time right now is, is, is very limited because I have clients like celebrities and big corporations that pay a huge fee for a, a significant portion of my time. And most people can't afford that. But I still want to, to give it people the opportunity to, to share in the information that we're learning. And that's where we came up with this, this idea of this group where we we meet once a month via Zoom, uh, where we share the latest information and, and latest details based upon the book and extending upon the research that we're doing, new things that we're learning, giving people the opportunity to ask their specific questions. Uh, in addition to the fact, like one of the, the the elements that we just started to offer that's of tremendous value is once a month, we'll also break down with my creative team uh, one or two of the videos that we produced and walking through the methodology of how we came up with the concept, uh, how we structured the format, like what were what we see working, what we see not working, and then we have have a private Facebook group. Where people can ask questions between calls. And yeah, I am actually going in there and responding to people and answering questions. But the idea of it is really just to be able to help people at scale, like people that are looking to reach that next level of growth, or people that are just starting out, or they're running into obstacles and creating a, a support system in a way that they can get access to me and my team. And yeah, the last chapter was just an idea that we added, we added in because uh, obviously since the book's been published, I've really learned how to leverage social audience, leverage books, and leverage other opportunities to get paid speaking gigs, to get on television, to get on big podcasts. And basically I wanted to share that information and break it down, and we're not in a position just yet where we're gonna do a second edition of the book, so I just decided to do this lost chapter concept uh, that uh, I think Russell Brunson actually invented it. And I think it's just a, such a brilliant idea but this last chapter that that provides a lot of information that has that we've learned since the the book has come, to, come out and people have just been asking me a lot of questions of how you really leverage social media uh, to, to get larger opportunities
0: Okay, who is this group for? anyone who wants to get better at digital marketing and was trying to figure out how to get more followers, how to market better, any, anything that I that I'm missing because I am literally right now, like the biggest spokesperson for this group there is.
1: Yeah. So it's a lot of it is focused on, on digital success, digital growth. We talk about content, obviously content optimization, follower growth, engagement, Uh, we do talk about lead generation conversions sales and things of that nature we also talk about just general business strategy how does all this apply to your business like how do you leverage this for offline opportunities as well as online opportunities Uh, how do you structure profitable businesses on it so it's all of that i will say that it's not for people that are not willing to put in the work that are that, that hate social media like i have people come up to me and they're like, yeah, I hate social media, but like, I feel like I have to be on it. It's like, I can't help you. Like if you don't, if you can't find some redeeming factor, it doesn't mean you have to love it, but if you can't find some redeeming factor in it, you're not going to be successful. And like this group is not a short-term fix. It's a long-term solution. Like this is, this is long-term work. This is long-term strategy. Uh, and that's why we created it in this, this monthly format is because things change. Things, strategies change, and it takes time to test and to learn and rapidly iterate. So if you're a part of this group, you will be successful if you put in the work and the time and have the right mindset. It will not be successful if you if you don't have the mindset that I'm going to put in the work and, and test and optimize uh, and, and figure out that the, the right path that's right for you.
0: And with so much noise and so many social media experts and digital marketing experts, I know that I would always love to learn from the best. So I I cannot stress that enough. Um, and I really hope look forward to meeting so many people who are listening to this in in the group, which is going to be so exciting. Uh, I have seven really quick questions for you, and it, it can like just kind of one one um uh, uh one liners. Are you ready, Brendan? Yep. IGTV or regular video for Instagram?
1: IGTV, because the the, the algorithm's it heavier.
0: Okay. Hashtags yes or no and how many?
1: Hashtags yes, but understand the purpose of them. It gets you more reach. It doesn't necessarily correlate to more followers. I would say 10 to 15, but just test and learn which ones are working for you.
0: Okay. Top app you're into right now?
1: I would say it's a mix between Instagram and YouTube. Instagram has been our big focus, but we're starting to really dive deep into YouTube.
0: Okay. Best book you've read. Ever? Yes.
1: <laughs> How do we friends and influence people?
0: Love that. Finish the sentence. Life is.
1: Life is constant evolution.
0: Love that. Best advice you have been given.
1: I would say the best advice I've been given that I'm still working on implementing is trust and let go. It's still like something I'm constantly working on. So I'm not there yet, but it is, it is being worked on.
0: Isn't that all of us?
1: Some people can do it naturally. It's, it's beautiful to to meet those people and how they do it.
0: Trust and let go. Uh, Brendan, I have thoroughly enjoyed you, your answers, your brilliance. I cannot thank you enough for being uh, part of this this interview. We're going to share it on YouTube and the Up Level together and Facebook and Instagram and everywhere else. Is there anything else you would like to share with our audience?
1: Just stay curious, constantly, constantly test and learn. And I would uh, again say that if social media doesn't excite you in some way or you don't sign, sign, see some redeeming factor in it there's other ways to succeed there's not just one way to succeed so don't put that don't put that pressure on yourself
0: i love that brendan kane can be found on 1millionfollowers.com on instagram on facebook we're going to link you in all the all the different channels that you can be founded and again the rapid digital growth group is probably the best investment um, you can make uh, if you're listening This year, I cannot, cannot stress that enough. Brendan, thank you so, so, so much. Yeah, thanks for having
1: me. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Bye. Bye.